And if we start talking about what makes a good supplier, like what to look for a good supplier. Welcome back to another episode of the Iron Pulse Podcast. Today, Kyle and I are going to be talking about suppliers. We're going to be talking about good signs, bad signs, what to look, uh, what to watch for, what to look out for, and basically what we did in the beginning to where we are now. Because we, it was a little bit of a rocky start when we first started searching for suppliers. So, Kyle, would you like to talk a little bit about how we first started looking uh, for suppliers? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously we were trying to make clothes outside of the U.S. area. And it's like, I, you know, I don't even know who to ask or who to find. And it really just starts with online searches. And uh, I think, as you and I have found, Cam, even though the Internet is a great source and you can search for almost anything, usually you have to do a pretty extensive amount of digging until you kind of figure out what it is you need to do. And so I think... Um, you know, even looking for suppliers, like we thought we found like the cream of the crop, like the best one out there, because they were going to walk us through the whole process only to come to find out that, you know, the the one that you think was the best was honestly probably one of the worst decisions. But it's we looked for suppliers all around the world. So we looked inside the U.S. and for us being like this fresh out of college and not really having like a ton of money, it was too expensive for us. And that's just the cost of living in the U.S. is high. So, you know, it's not that we didn't want to make clothes here. It was just not doable for where we were at at that point in time. So we looked um, we looked overseas, like Kyle had mentioned, and we talked to some of the biggest, the biggest industry people. So like the companies that manufacture for like Gymshark, um, the companies that manufacture for Athleta, the companies that do Alphalete, like Everforward, Buff Money, like in – in that particular area, like we were talking to some of the big ones and, you know, again, like the prices are what they are because if you, you need a higher MOQ, higher MOQ, the, the cheaper your prices are going to be. So per, per item, that's per item, not overall. But so like we were looking everywhere into what Kyle was saying. He's like, we, we'd come across this company and this was doing a bunch of research online, like reading reviews, looking for articles, looking for anything that would turn us away from certain companies. We had a whole Excel spreadsheet of URLs of companies, uh, of their names, of what their like beginning MOQ was, what their prices were, like what they do, what their catalogs are, so on and so forth, how many years they've been in business, what their reviews are. Like we had a pretty in-depth uh, Excel spreadsheet that had all this information on it because we were we were talking to a bunch of different people and we had found this one company over in Australia where to Kyle's point, like they did everything. Like they would walk us through the whole process from like us sending like sketches and design work over to them to moving into some renders to moving into the final products. They were going to help us with the website. They, there was really nothing that they didn't offer. They had models. If we needed models, they would help with social media. If we needed help with social media. So Kyle and I were like, okay, all in one, it, it's going to be nice for us to just build a relationship, build a rapport with this particular company. We were working with the, what was it called? The CCOO or CCO and then the CEO. So we were working with the two, the two co-founders. And so like Kyle and I, we had thought like, okay, like we've got this, you know, we'll do what it takes. And like, we even uh, talked about it a little bit too. Like we were like, 
we're like, there's just no way. Like, this is just too good of an opportunity. They're going to do everything for us. <laughs> it was like, we would joke about it, but little did we know. Well, that's the thing, right? Is if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. And we were, because in Australia time, it's, you know, midnight, one, two, three, four, five here. So we're, we were up and we're still up like relatively late talking to people overseas, right? Just because of the time difference. So, you know, we had started developing websites with them and or our website with them. And we were going through the sketch process. And like, once we paid for everything, communication just kind of dropped off. So th- let's get into some of this, like kind of segues me into like what, you, you know, what makes a bad supplier. Some of, some of the things that we've found. Number one, when you pay somebody or like they're very eager to get your payment and then communication isn't the same. It might halt um, after you send money. It might, you know, bigger gaps in between the time you get an email or a call that drops off or when, you know, the, the amount of calls or the amount of emails slows down. If the company starts to basically put other people uh, like above you first, because now you're not a priority as big of a priority for them. For some of these companies because they have your money right so like now they'll they'll drop you down because now it's no longer about landing the big fish they have the fish right yeah. so they're going to be working with other companies i think another important thing too is like not necessarily a uh well it is a essentially a drop in communication and like responsive time but one thing to look for is if they're like you know, willing to get on the phone in the beginning and like they're talking you through all these things and how they can help you. And then whenever it comes time to, you know, make the payment and you join a quote unquote team that they have and they say like, oh, like we're not going to do phone calls. We're not going to do video calls. We'll just go by email because they say it's more efficient. That's another kind of red flag. I think that we've kind of come to to learn and right. see like, you know, if, if they're more than willing to get on the phone before they have the money, why does that change after they have the money? You know, that should only want to increase your willingness and desire to get on a phone call or a video call with, you know, a client. It's the same thing with like signing legal agreements. I think that another red flag is like, if they ask you to sign like a long-term supplier agreement or like a manufacturing agreement, I would say no to that because you don't want to back yourself into a corner where you sign something and now you have to pay this amount of money to work with them because they could suck. They could suck terribly. Like you can sign an NDA or an MNDA. Like that's fine because that just says you're not going to go talking about it, whatever the case may be. But like there's no reason to sign a supplier contract. Kyle and I, I think we might have had like one supplier contract. Um, we didn't sign it. But other than that, we've talked to, I don't know, Kyle, what seems like 50 to 70 different companies. And none of them had have asked us to sign any of that. So, uh, you know, something else to consider too is the pricing. Are the numbers like similar to what, um, what they should be? So like, are the numbers outdated? So you need to look at the items that they currently make, the pricing, like, is it competitive, right? Because you don't want something, you don't want like raw material prices or like marking conditions, like being way over your head and, and way out of date. Because then there's a good chance that the company just, it, they're just not up to date with everything that's going on around them. Because like right now, for example, like right now, like there's huge inflation, like seven to 8%. And the pricing is going to reflect some of that. I would be shocked if it didn't. Um, you, 
the big, the biggest thing, the, the biggest thing is like definitely the communication. Communication is big because I'm going to tell you right now, nine times out of 10, you're not going to understand when you, when you pick a company, okay, when you do your research, you think you've got the company nailed down. You think that you're great. You're on top of things. Nine times out of 10, like you don't necessarily know what you're going into because you won't know the truth behind who they are as a brand and what they do and, and what they can do for you until you start working with them. No amount of research, no amount of reviews is going to, is going to stop that. Yeah. You, you, you literally won't know. And I, cause I mean, people will hide, you know, the, the, the real scammers will pretty much hide at any negative thing you could find. So I mean, to Cam's point, you can do a lot of research online and like try to dig as much as you can, but Really, when it comes down to it, you can only do the best you can in terms of researching it and kind of go with your gut once uh, things take right. off. Right. And yeah, for sure. And you just need to lay it out in the beginning what you're expecting from this company and just voice your concerns. Be like, hey, like I want to be on top of things with you like all the time. Like I don't want you to email me once a week giving me an update. Like I want to know what the process is. You know, I want to be kept up to date. Like what's the timeline? Right. And because the, what these companies, what some of these companies will do is they'll be like, oh, we're going to assign you like a product manager or we're going to assign you a development manager or somebody that's specific just to your case. You're going to have a whole team. You're going to have a team, you know, a team, all these people dedicated to you. Bullshit. Bullshit. They're not going to send all of these people to you because I'll tell you it's bullshit because that's what Kyle and I had. Kyle and I had a team. Uh, we had a product manager. We had a team of like four to seven people that were supposed to be dedicated to our shit. Not one day did it ever feel like we were the company that they were actually focusing on. So it's it all. It might sound good up front, but I'm telling you right now, it's just not going to be as good as you think it is. But let's get yeah. So I, yeah, I would say like um, just to I guess wrap that portion up before we get into the next point, but. You know, like the main things you want to look for are like if they're saying you're going to get a whole production team because you're you know most of those places don't actually have a selective representative for each function and also just make sure you know they're timely with their communication and they respond efficiently yeah no for sure and if we start talking about what makes a good supplier like what to look for in a good supplier accountability of qa issues so when it comes to the quality issues yep. and the quality assurance, like there are companies that will put blame on everybody but themselves, everybody but themselves. And, you know, they will take your money and then you will never hear from them until you get the items and the items are they're misrep they're, the, there's There's the misrepresentation of what they're supposed to be. So like either the stitching's bad or the coloring's off like the item is just not what it appears to be in the picture. And this happens, I will say that this happens a lot with companies overseas because they know that they can get away with it. Like you're not going to go overseas to their factory and, you know, hunt, hunt them down and be like, you owe me a sweatshirt. You're just not going to do that. So, you know, this is where sampling comes into play. However, like there's a fine line between doing a sample because you haven't tested the quality before or like needing to sample every product, every, everything that you'd buy. Because at that point in time, it becomes like a, it becomes a waste of money. It, the, the costs add up and it's ridiculous. So if a company is placing blame on everybody but themselves, like read their reviews, I'm telling you, like if you, if you find manufacturers on like Alibaba or AliExpress, because there's a lot of manufacturers there, if you find companies to build your designs on there, 
they're going to have majority of them, almost all of them, if they're reputable, they will have ratings and reviews on their, um, their like home website. And some of these people, like you can literally see them blaming everybody but themselves in the comments. Like they just snap back and I'm just like, yep. Okay. Done. Not using you. You're done. Just not like you don't want somebody like that because you would be a fool to use them and think that there's not a high chance that you're going to end up in that same situation. So and along those lines, like make sure that they can produce what you want. You need to look at their production capabilities and their technology because the, especially with like making clothes, like technology is constantly changing. Right. And same thing with like production capabilities. If you're trying to make like a sports Jersey, don't go to somebody who only makes hats because that's probably not going to be a good look when they're used to fitting heads and skulls with a hat. And you're trying to do like a baseball or a basketball or a hockey Jersey for men and women. That's probably not a good look. There are companies that are specific when it comes to certain items. Okay. So when, and also like when you're talking to these companies, like ask them questions, like poke them with questions because knowledge is power. So you need to become very familiar with the process and you need to have a, like a, a certain form of like expertise when it comes to knowing your product type, knowing your target market, uh, your target market, your demographic, knowing if these people can, you know, can make these uh, particular items. And especially like, especially if you're working with people overseas, they will tell you they, all they want is the job, right? So they want the bid. They will tell you that they can make everything. If you, you, for example, if we go back to that uh, original example I just said, if you told a hat person that you need a baseball jersey and they applied for it, they would be like, yep, we can make this. Okay, well, they they might be able to try, but like they, it's probably not going to be good because I'll tell you because Kyle and I have literally had companies overseas say, yep, we can do this. We can do this. We can make this. We've given them our tech pack just for them to make an item and like us look at the sample and be like, this is nothing. This is not even close to what we need and the quality. And then they'll be like, okay, yeah, we actually can't make this. Like you, you're going to probably want to go somewhere else. It's like, no shit. We were doing that anyway. Like if you're going to lie to us, then that hurts your reputation because you're not going to get any more business from us. So you, and you want to be careful with the relationships you do build. Um, and especially if you can find somebody that has what you need, continue to build that relationship. Like, you know, like it's a plant, right? You want to help the plant grow. You need to, you need to nurture it. Sorry, Kyle, were you going to say something? No, I just said that that was a uh, good analogy. I like that one. I'm good for one every now and then. It's like, uh, I think like the, what you said? I said I'm good for one every now and then. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you got some of the best one-liners ever. <laughs> no, but um, like Cam said, like that growing the relationship is really important because, like, if they understand what you need and like they know that like if they do what you need, then they'll make a good product or something like that. It's just really good to have a good supplier relationship. Um, where I work at Nestle, I mean, now that I'm in the procurement space, that's like what they stress. Number one is just build the relationship with the supplier. And you have, if you have questions, let the person who has the good relationship with that supplier ask the question just because things can get really political if there's disagreements and things like that. And then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, well, if, if we're mad at you guys and we're not going to use you as a factory and like vice versa, if 
they're making the only thing that you need and you piss them off or make them mad or something happens, then they're just going to be like, fine, we're not making the product. So right. And there's building a relation is key. Yeah, it is. And along those lines, like there's going to be a certain percentage of like quality control that like your items are going to be defective, faulted uh, or faulty. So you need to understand the, the company that you're working with. You need to understand like what their quality control process is and how they handle it. Because like Kyle and I have literally yet to receive an item that has been good a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It just yeah. it doesn't happen. Always got to have some. Tweets. And we've used a bunch of, we've used a bunch of different companies. Um, but then, you know, because you pay for it, like they either have to remake the items or send a, uh, send the money back to you. So that's a good piece to just be aware of as well. Check their quality control. Another good thing is like, you want to make sure that you understand like who they are as a business and make sure that they are, you know, using ethical practices, make sure that they're compliant with everything. Like look at certificates. Look, if sustainability, if you're trying to build a sustainable brand, you want to work with comp- like manufacturers that themselves are sustainable too. Otherwise you just become a hypocrite at that point. Right. So like you want to find companies that kind of go hand in hand with what you're trying to build. Okay. You want to make sure that they're just, they're compliant. Like I said, learn about certificates, learn about what they are um, in terms of like, do they go to trade shows or do they just like run out of like a smaller factory? Like how many items are they able to produce a month? Uh, You know, how the communication has been, make sure that, you know, if sustainability and being ethical, make sure that that is something that you're aware of if it's important to you as a company, because like it's important to Kyle and myself. So like we make sure that we're working with companies that, you know, take sustainability and take ethical uh, practices and take their compliance matters like very seriously. Because like we're, you know, and this might sound harsh, but like we're, we're not working with companies that are, have like child labor laws, like in effect over there. We're not doing that, be, you know, because like we, we are working um, with like the Asian market where, you know, that can be an issue at times. So like that is something that we look at because that, because like think, think about it from like, you're now a business owner, right? Anything that you do, it doesn't matter that that's the factor you use. If somebody catches wind of you using people that you know, might be underage or something to that extent, that backlash can come back on you as a company, right? Because I'm pretty sure like Adidas has faced this before. I'm sure, I'm sure like Adidas and Nike have gone through something like this. There had to have been something. But to that point, like you just want to be aware of it because it doesn't matter that it's not happening right where you are, right? Where we're shipping goods out of and it's, you know, it's overseas. It doesn't matter. Like if your company is still affiliated with it, it will come back. Somebody will find it. Look at the world we live in. It's a, it's a social empire, right? So you just need to be aware of who it is that you're working with, okay? So like I said, check their certifications. Um, make sure that they have a reputation. Check their reputation. You know, you, you want to work with companies that are very transparent, okay? It's good to ask about shipping and logistics. It's good to get a, an idea of what it's going to cost before you spend all this time and thousands of dollars just for them to come back and be like, Oh, hold on here. It's $6,000 to ship it. Cause Holy fuck. Have we had that happen to us before first launch? Yeah. Yeah. That is a good point. Like try to forecast it out and cam does a great job of this, but try to forecast it out as best as you can, even with the unknown variables, just give it your best guess. And then just keep that number in your mind, like keep it on an offline 
file where you think of how much the price will be. And then every time they come back with an adjustment or a change in price or anything like that, refer back to that original number that was your guess. And it'll kind of just help you have a benchmark as to what you think is an acceptable charge or which one you think is fair to push back on because it wasn't something that was agreed upon. Mm -hmm. And it, it just like gives you that idea of what it should be because I'll tell you what, when you're doing custom clothing and getting samples and things like that, the prices, like the charges happen, I'd say probably over like a two to three week span in some cases, because they have to get the item, inspect it, ask for changes, they got to remake it. And like those things will really add up. So like having a good understanding of what you're expecting to pay on it versus what you're actually paying on it will, like I said, give you that benchmark for for what you should or shouldn't pay right. for. And I'll tell you right now, the more that you have to sample and go back and forth with a company, the higher the price that they're going to try to knock it up. Because here's the thing, yep. when you send somebody a tech pack, for example, and they're like, yep, we can make this, they make the first sample and it there's like seven things that need changed or adjusted, then they're, they're starting to sweat a little bit because they don't know if they can actually make the item, right? So they're going to, you keep going back and forth with them, for example, Right. And all of a sudden you're on the third iteration and it's still not correct because Kyle and I are there like right now and we're done paying for samples with these people. Like, you know, if you get, if somebody needs to make an item three or four times, terrible, you should not work with them because that show, that'll tell you right there that they can't make this item. They cannot make the items that you need and they probably can't do custom clothing. So you need to be wary of situations like that. Because people, they will keep trying to tell you, and then it's because the cost is adding up for them over there, what they quote, let's say they quoted you fifteen dollars for like a shirt to begin with. That shirt might now be eighteen, seventeen, or eighteen towards the end, and be like, oh well, the first one was just an estimate because we've heard that line before, and it might, yeah, it was just an estimate. However, you didn't th like what you thought you could actually make the item. Turns out that you can't, right? So it's going to cost you extra material, extra labor, extra hours in general. So now you're bumping the price up because now it's more of an issue for you to create and you're going to make us pay for it whenever you said that you could first do it, right? So you, you have to be, you have to pay attention. And like Kyle said, like we have Excel spreadsheets that have prices for like everything. Like everything that people say, we write it down. And we use it for reference. So like if we make a t-shirt with this company or like another company or three or four companies, like we'll be like, okay, well, it was this price here, here, and here. And while they might not be the same material, we know from a general perspective what it's going to cost us. Right? So like if, if, you know, if it's costing us anywhere from 12 to $15 to make a shirt, whatever the case is, and somebody quotes us 20, 25, okay, we're not going to be going with you. You're bullshit. I'll see you right through that. And, you know, you, you need to, it, it's justice for yourself when you write shit down so that you can refer back to it. It betters your argument when somebody comes back and says, oh no, we're, we got to up this four or five, six dollars. Kyle and I just, we just actually, we just had this with the baseball jersey, with this one company. We were making baseball jerseys and women's joggers that we had designed. They come back after they can't do it knowing that they, they said that they could do it, then they can't. They come back, all of a sudden, the pants are up six bucks, the baseball jersey's up eight. And they're like, well, we didn't know the extent of all of the items that needed to go, all of the patchwork that needed to go into like the items. And Kyle, mine and Kyle's argument was like, you had the tech pack, the tech pack explains everything. We're not changing anything from whenever you first said that you could do the project. But now, 
you're going to add an extra $8, six or $8 per these two items because you, you as a company didn't understand any of what we were trying to ask for. Right. And you, you, you sit here and you can spit, Oh, we've been in business for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. I don't give a fuck. We don't care if you've been in business for the last five centuries. We don't care if you can't make a pair of pants, then that's an issue. Right. So just because you can make stuff in stock, you have items in stock does not mean that you can customize pants. So, you know, this goes for any items you, you need to be aware, especially when you're making the clothing. This is just a life lesson in general. Be, just because somebody says that they can do something does not mean that they can. Right. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this already know that. So just to take that, That's take that with you. Lesson. Yeah. <laughs> take that with you today. <laughs> but you know you you need to you need to be aware of what you're asking right because if you're if you don't have this stuff like written down you're not paying attention to it it's going to be easy for you to lose track of money and costs and next thing you know your bank account's zero and you still don't have the items in your hand it it can happen <laughs> trust us <laughs> yeah but i no i think i think that we're getting better with that so you know, that's just a few things you should definitely look for, uh, pay attention to, and just have as a reference for what to look for. Like, like Kyle and I mentioned, you know, you can do all this research. You're never going to fully know the extent of what a company can or can't do until you start working with them. That's just life, right? So just, you, there's going to be times you're going to have to test with a few different companies. I don't have anything else to say. I'm going to, I'll wrap it there. Kyle, do you have anything else that you want to mention? <laughs> nope. I think uh, that's it on my end. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if you are making items, we hope that you found value from this particular episode. If you have questions or you just, you know, you, you need to poke our brain a little bit more, message us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, or Pinterest at official iron pulse. If you prefer email, We've got you covered. You can subscribe to the Iron Pulse Report by visiting shopironpulse.com. We've also got a lot of good blogs on there. And remember, no matter what you do, be all in. <laughs>